Hey friends, welcome to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is Kim. And this is Carmen. And we basically solve all the world's problems here on the podcast. Just kidding. We talk about holistic healing. We explore ways to change our thinking um, and the mind-body connection to stimulate healing in our body. So you know, all that mind-body-soul stuff. Yep, that's what we talk about each week. So thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Welcome back, friends. This is episode 103, and today we're going to talk about um, detox, cleanses, um, and I specifically want to talk about um, how our body's natural detox pathways occur. Okay, um, we're into spring. We're going into spring, right? A lot of people. Um, we're, I'm seeing them. I don't know. Maybe you guys are seeing them too. <laughs> Detoxes and cleanses um, being advertised. So, because normally after winter season, right? Sometimes um, we have slowed things down a little bit, right? Like naturally, there's less green stuff um, growing outside. Um, sometimes people move into uh, warmer foods and soups and less vegetables. Um, and so uh, our, our digestion can get a little bit sluggish, right? So um, here lately, I've been teaching a lot of classes about spring medicinal plants and weeds. So my mind's kind of going there. But um, when we're talking about coming into spring and um, increasing our vegetables, increasing our digestion. Um, we're also trying to increase our detoxification pathways, okay? And so I wanna talk today a little bit about how that works and um, areas to kind of pay attention to, okay? So when I talk about the organs of elimination, I'm really talking about things like um, that are all connected in our detox pathway. So things like our kidneys, right? Um, our kidneys determine um, or help with uh, elimination through urination. Our liver is a big one. We all hear about the liver and detox. Um, our liver and our digestive system, okay? So our digestive tract, and especially our lower colon and our bowels to make sure that we're eliminating um, things through our bowel movements. Um, the lymph system, and we've talked about the lymph system in the past, um, but our lymph vessels, what moves our immune cells, moves those um, toxins through um, and to help with elimination. And then through our lungs, right? As we breathe, um, that belly breathing, abdominal diaphragmatic breathing, the uh, bigger breaths, the more we exhale those toxins. We know that we exhale CO2, but there are other things that we eliminate. Um, and then through our skin, right? We know that um, we want to be sweating. <laughs> if, we, if, if people have um, a, a tendency to not sweat or they can't sweat or they only sweat in certain parts of their body, um, that tells me that that organ of elimination uh, needs some support, okay? So when I'm talking about the detox pathways, I wanna lay out those organs of elimination because there are things you can do to help support them. But the overall picture is that um, if you think of your body 
your detoxification pathways with all those organ systems. If you think of it kind of like a bathtub, and I think I may have mentioned this before, but um, I think it's worth mentioning again. So if you think of that detoxification as, as a, a, a functional piece in the bathtub, it would be the drain, okay? And the faucet that uh, provides the water into the bathtub, that would be everything that we're exposed to on a regular basis. Things in our in and on our food, um, like preservatives in our um, food that increases shelf life, uh, pesticides on our foods, um, uh, things in our uh, chemicals in our water, in our air, things that we put on our body. Um, all of those are things that we're adding to that bathtub. Right. Those are all like our toxins or toxicants. And so sometimes, right, that bathtub doesn't have to be overflowing um, in order for us to feel. Uh, yeah, in order for us to feel symptoms. But when it is overflowing, most folks are experiencing symptoms. OK, now those symptoms can be very systematic, systemic. Um, so they may be things like headaches, joint pain, right? Um, changes in smell, changes of intolerance to smells and chemicals. Um, and then they may be things that, yeah, people don't even note are like, they think this, I don't know, um, easier to tolerate. Like for women, changes in our hormones, our thyroid, our estrogen, because um, a lot of those toxins can be endocrine disruptors. And so um, sometimes it's hard to gauge, like, is your bathtub halfway full or three quarters full, you know, if it's not overflowing. Um, and so usually after the winter, right, because things have kind of slowed down for a lot of folks, um, making sure that that drainage system, the detox pathway is very efficient is important into helping to make sure that your bathtub is fully emptying um, on a regular basis or that you're only maintaining maybe like a quarter of that bathtub full instead of a half or three quarters, right? Just before overflow. So um, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the, so that's sort of our overall picture of our um, detoxification pathways, the individual pieces. So yes, our liver is a huge component of the detox pathway. Um, our liver takes toxins that we're exposed to um, and it goes through things called phase one and phase two. It creates those most toxins that we think of like um, that we ingest either in on our body that we inhale. Um, they are often um, fat soluble. Um, I lost your picture. They're often fat soluble. And so what our liver does, it has the task of making those things oh, um, water soluble. Okay, because if they are water soluble, then we can eliminate them through our urine. We can eliminate them through our bowels right, and through our stool. So um, so if the liver is sluggish, um, like with fatty liver, with um, infections of the liver, um, with even sometimes people have had gallbladder surgery, sometimes their liver can be a little bit sluggish if they've had their gallbladder removed, um, then your liver may not be keeping up with the amount of toxins that you're putting in, right, um, in order to make them become water soluble or sol you anyway. Um, once the liver makes those toxins water soluble, okay, um, they can actually re, so the, 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 
natural um, effect of things is the liver goes through phase one, phase two, makes them water soluble. Okay. Sometimes they will add in phase two, sometimes they will add amino acids to it uh, to make it easier to eliminate. They kind of neutralize a lot of those toxins. And then um, they can't, they do go back into the bloodstream and oftentimes they're filtered through the kidneys or they're filtered through the rest of the digestive tract. Okay. So um, if the organs of elimination are slow, so say like for the digestive tract, if people aren't having one to two bowel movements a day, um, then that area is a little bit slow. So it can be recirculated. All right. So those toxins that your body's trying to get rid of, or if you're doing a detox and it's pulling them out of the um, uh out of your fat cells, your um, skin, hair, bones, um, it's creating that water solubility so that um, it's supposed to be headed towards elimination, but um, it does that through um, entering our bloodstream or entering our lymph again. And so if the, say the kidneys, if the kidneys are a little bit slow, um, if we've had kidney damage, um, or we suspect kidney damage or kidney infections or kidney stones that can create scar tissue, um, can inhibit the kidneys from filtering well, then those toxins are going to recirculate. Okay. And they recirculate to the brain. Um, if the liver is sluggish and it can't create that water solubility um, of those toxins and it can't attach those molecules, then it stays fat soluble. Then it'll uh, recirculate and um, deposit in the nervous system or deposit in our fat cells. Okay, so um, this is why sometimes when your bathtub sort of starts to overflow, we see those neurological symptoms. So we can see things like headaches, migraines. You can even see tremors in some folks. Um, you can see changes in our memory, right? Um, changes like um, challenges with uh, recall in our uh, memory or in our speech. That can be symptoms of uh, a detox or a um, overflowing bathtub because of that recirculation, because the organs downstream are not doing their job, mm -hmm. right? So if the lungs have scar tissue, if we're not breathing deep enough to help to eliminate things, again, while they're water soluble, it's a lot easier for us to uh, remove them in our breath because you'll notice like if you ever um, when we breathe, you know how you can fog up a mirror or fog up a window? Because when we are exhaling, you're also releasing water water molecules. And so you can have uh, particulates in those water molecules because there's a lot of water with that's exiting our body with the CO2 on exhale. And so um, it's really, I think it's really important to understand all the components of that detox pathway of that drain in your bathtub. Um, because if just, if one of them is a little bit slow, blocked, clogged, um, you're increasing your chances for that recirculation, right? So the same thing with the skin. Um, if we recirculate those toxins because we're not eliminating, eliminating them through the bowels or the kidneys well, um, it can recirculate into the lymph. And then we you know, see things like eczema, psoriasis, acne, right? Um, that may be inflared or out of control. 
And so um, making sure, yeah, that our skin, um, that organ of elimination is properly uh, removing things through, usually it's sweating, that's, yeah, um, uh, is important so that we're not getting stuck in that, yeah, in, the, in a sluggish system. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So um, things that we can do, right? Um, definitely making sure you're having regular bowel movements. So increase fiber, increase water. That's always my first line. Okay. Um, a lot of folks will say they're, they're constipated and I will ask how much water do you drink? And I will tell you nine times out of 10, people will say, I don't drink enough water. Okay, how much is that? You know, um, and I know, yeah, I'm, I am. I always feel like I'm always harping about drinking water, but it's one of the things that's so easy, or it's simple. May not be easy for folks, but it's a simple thing that you could do that's so important for our health. Um, when they say I don't drink enough water, do you like dive in? Like, no, no, no. What does that mean? Like, how many ounces a day are you drinking? And what is their response? Um, some of them will tell me um, they don't know, or they'll say, oh, I drink a couple of glasses of water a day. Yeah. And I'll be like, okay, what kind, what size? Like, are we talking, you know, eight ounce juice glass? Or are we talking like a 32 ounce um, uh, glass? Yeah. Yeah. Like a water bottle. And they'll be like, oh, I drink like, you know, maybe two water bottles a day. And I'm like, okay, the sick. Yeah. So we have to quantify it. And part of that is, you know, it's like, we don't always recognize, um, one, how much water we need, but like you say, oh yeah, I drink a, you know, coffee cup of water a day and I may drink, you know, several of those. Well, this is like 10 ounces. <laughs> um, because they used to teach, right? You should drink eight glasses of water a day, eight to 10 glasses of water a day. So I find people still, you know, like believe that and like, oh, you know, I drink like two glasses of water a day. And I'm like, okay, I need ounces. We've got to measure this out. <laughs> yeah. Just half your body weight, right? In ounces. Yes. Yeah. So, so what's that? So much easier to track that like oh i only need 64 ounces instead of like eight glasses of water. like who's keeping up with that yeah i don't i don't know <laughs> um i want people to quantify it yeah half your body uh weight in ounces a day so for um, uh, like for a hundred pound person, they may only need 50 ounces a day for a 200 pound person. They need two, a hundred ounces of water a day. So our water requirements are different. Um, now if you, if, if people weigh more, I usually don't have people drink more than a gallon of water a day. Okay. More than a gallon of water a day, which is 128 ounces can actually dilute, um, your kidneys too much um, and cause problems. So uh, yes, we need water, but we need appropriate amounts of water. Yeah, um, that will help to yeah eliminate toxins in the kidneys, support the kidneys a little bit better and help them do their job, right? And people will say to me, well, gosh, if I'm drinking that much water, I'm gonna be in the bathroom peeing all the time. 
if that's the case, then we still need to work on your kidney support <laughs> um, and figure out your kidney should be concentrating that urine. Um, so if, yeah, um, you drink a bottle of water and then you feel like you're having to pee right away within, you know, um, uh, a short amount of time, like a couple minutes or 10 minutes and you're not able to wait an hour or two um, after you drink that water to urinate, um, then there's an issue there. Okay. And um, we've got to identify what that issue is because then your kidneys are not working that great. Yeah. Because um, a lot of people don't, there's not a lot of symptoms with kidney problems, right? So they don't know that maybe their kidney is a little bit sluggish or that their kidney's not, um, that organ of elimination isn't optimal. And so um, that kind of, yeah, gives us a little bit of a, of a window as to uh, if your kidneys are working well or not. And um, let's see. Oh, okay. So we talked about for the lungs, right? That deep breathing, that abdominal breathing, the more that you can completely fill your lungs with air, uh, the better they will eliminate toxins for you, okay? <laughs> um, so we're gonna revisit that, ma'am. Make sure you're not just breathing from your chest, but you're breathing from that diaphragm, from that lower abdomen. Um, and to help to detox the skin, um, like I said, sweating is awesome. I like for folks to try and uh, sweat with activity, with movement, right? If you can sweat with movement, um, you're on the right track. Now there are different, um levels of movement right some folks may not be able to do a lot of movement if they have a lot of pain um in their joints if they don't have the energy and they have like a you know a, a chronic fatigue picture um for those folks sometimes doing um things like a sauna or um doing intense you know like a little bit higher intensity movement um so that you are maybe not moving for a long time, but moving, you know, a lot in a short amount of time to really kind of get that um, uh, sweating happening. Yeah. Um, I, I know a lot of people like saunas. There's dry and there's wet saunas. I think there's advantages to them, but um, that is not my preference as far as like, oh yeah, I sweat, but only in the sauna. <laughs> okay, great. You know but crossfit but i'm just not like a sweater like i don't unless it's like hot like i don't sweat a lot doing crossfit um so i've started not and it wasn't for sweating i'm gonna be honest about that <laughs> it was for mobility i started doing hot yoga and girl i will sweat in that because it's so hot and humid up in there but i'm still moving right doing yoga yes. not easy <laughs> It's not easy. Yeah. Um, so is that good enough? Like once a week? I mean, yeah, like I work out, but I just don't, I'm not like, I don't sweat a lot unless it's yeah. hot. Is that so, like ideal? Like get a good hard sweat session in at least once a week or what? Once a week would be perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, so sometimes if people like, um, you have a long history with CrossFit, right? your body is trained for CrossFit, right? So um, it doesn't surprise me that even like a tough CrossFit workout uh, that you're not sweating a lot because your body um, ha um, 
has created those patterns, right? Um, to optimize those movements um, to be the most efficient, right? And when it does that, so we see this thing with, with um, uh, like marathon runners, right? Like they train and they train and oftentimes the longer they train, sometimes the less they sweat. Um, so you've got to change it up got to do something different um and um when your muscles when your body's exerting in a different pattern um oftentimes you'll start seeing sweating will start happening again yeah um hot yoga is perfect because yeah you're increasing the temperature and um you are yeah doing different movement um but yeah it is kind of the beauty of both worlds right it's not like you're just in a sauna sitting there like hey sweat's happening to me it's like oh no i'm still actively um sweating and it's pouring out <laughs> you're opening that organ of elimination yeah excellent um let's see so i i um wanted to address these things um because um when we're seeing oh um one more thing so um oftentimes when people will start a detox right because it's like oh it's spring i'm going to do a cleanse i'm going to do a detox if they don't go through and make sure that these organs of elimination are opening and that that drain you know is draining well and not clogged yeah. um sometimes they will get worse before they get better <laughs> and then they're like oh no i'm not ever doing a cleanse again right it was like a bad experience i'm allergic to it or blah 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 and it's like well you know you didn't do the groundwork first <laughs> And everybody can do the groundwork uh, before you, you know, jump into um, a, an over-the-counter cleanse or detox, right? Yeah. Or work with somebody, work with a practitioner to help you do the groundwork so that you don't, so things don't get worse before they get better. Yeah. Um, and and uh, it just helps our body be a little bit more efficient at eliminating waste, right? Yeah. We're exposed to waste all the time. And so even though I think this is kind of timely for spring, this is something we should be thinking about all year long, um, is that the detoxes and the cleanses, I think are beneficial, especially if people kind of do it sort of on a, a couple times a year. Um, and it helps to drain that bathtub 100%. But if you're not doing the maintenance and supporting these organs of elimination on a regular basis, where it's like, hey, I'm emptying my bathtub 100%, but then I'm letting it fill up 100%, you know, and you're like, okay, I could be <laughs> just maintaining a lower level of toxicity and um, my, yeah, uh, health uh, would be much better, right? Like your, your body, your cells, um, your organ systems would recover more efficiently. What does that lifestyle look like of maintaining a lower toxicity load? I mean- I guess yes. it's like, are you going to recommend like, well, get a Berkey water filter, you know, eat organic. If you're going to eat the outside of the pill, you know, like that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Um, yes. So, um, to maintain, I'm usually having people make sure that they're trying to avoid exposure, right. So that that faucet isn't full blast every day, day after day. So, um, reducing exposure, 
in our water. Yes, a Berkey filter, something, yeah, that, that filters out those toxins, those um, uh, solutes, the, the chemicals. Um, a lot of the filters don't always filter out the chemicals. Um, they will filter out bacteria, amoebas, viruses, like all the stuff that could kill you. Um, but they don't always filter out the prescriptions. So things like, yeah, the Berkey um, water filter. There's another one, the, um, we'll have to link it in the notes because I don't know what it's called off the top of my head. I think there's an, I think there's an Alexa Pure and I think it's Alexa Pure, but um, don't quote me on that. Um, but you can see comparisons. And so they will filter out the chemicals, the prescriptions that are in the water. That's what we're trying to avoid. Um, yes, again, how do we get our toxins? It's what we eat, what we put in our body, what we put on our skin. So yeah, your food is very important. Um, uh, checking out the Dirty Dozen or the Clean 15 on the EWG.org, the Environmental Working Group, um, because that list does change every year. Um, but things that we think are healthy that are usually at the top of the list um, of like, oh, I think spinach is healthy, right? And spinach is one of those you need to buy organic um, because it is loaded in pesticides and um, toxicants. Strawberries um, is one that... Uh, Everybody, like, I think the majority of people love strawberries when it's strawberry season, but again, um, it is so high in pesticides in order for them to grow the pest, the strawberries and get them to market, to sell them that beautiful, you know, when they look beautiful, um, is, uh, not worth buying, um, conventionally grown strawberries. And so, um, or if there are things that you can't get organic, um, you know, try to buy at local farmer's market, grow yourself, or minimally do like an apple cider vinegar wash, right? Where you're washing your vegetables. We, um, there's research that shows that vinegar mm -hmm. can actually denature the proteins and pesticides. So um, you, we can't really wash pesticides off with water, uh, but if you put them in a bath and soak them with some apple cider vinegar and water mixed, it can denature those. And so that does reduce your exposure. Yeah. Um, so think of things like that you put in your body, right? Trying to not eat things that um, have a really long shelf life. So things that are often preserved like boxes or food that we buy in a box or a bag, um, have a lot of preservatives in them. Those preservatives are chemicals that our body doesn't recognize and it has to eliminate them or store them so that it doesn't hurt you. So I usually tell folks the longer the shelf life, the more chemicals that are in it. Yeah. Um, and um, skin, things that we put on our body, right? So beauty products, hygiene stuff, things, um, shampoos, conditioners, uh, moisturizers, lotions, uh, you have to, so those are regulated by the FDA, <laughs> uh, but the criteria for what is toxic um, from the FDA is very, very loose. And so um, there are a lot of things that um, can be on our products that we put on our skin, makeup, lipstick, nail polish, that can disrupt our endocrine system, disrupt our hormones, um, that are toxins that our body has to um, eliminate, right? Our skin is our largest, largest organ. And so if we are putting, yeah, um, sometimes it's 
I'm going to say conventional lotions. Yeah. Or like makeups or yeah. Um, even just shampoos, um, you're increasing the toxins in your body. So trying to find things that are, um, paraben free, sulfate free, um, let's see, those are usually the top of the list, but I tell folks if they are um, glycols in them, um, those are things that our, yeah, body has to eliminate. So awesome. Another big one. Yes. Yeah. Um, So we have to be very cautious about those things. Yeah. Um, uh, Did you say fragrances? Yes. So you have to think, okay, our, our organs of elimination are, are what we breathe, right? Our lungs are, um, can take a toll. So if you're buying a lot of like laundry detergents that have a lot of smelly stuff in it, um, I don't know. Sometimes those gain commercials really, really bug me because they're like, oh, it's like three months later and it still smells. And I'm like, oh, that's not really, <laughs> that's not really what we want. <laughs> yeah. Um, or like Glade plugins or air fresheners, right? Um, if it isn't an essential oil or, you know, natural flowers or something, that is chemicals that you are putting into your air and that you and your family are breathing. Um, and so then that's right. Affecting your lungs and boxing your lungs. So yeah, it's, it's harder to, um, uh, uh eliminate those toxins. So being cautious of those um, and lowering that exposure on a regular basis is going to help to maintain lower toxin levels in your body, and then keeping those organs of elimination open and um, f- functioning optimally. Yeah. yeah. How does that sound? Good. Is that what you have? That's what I wanted to share with you guys today. Okay. And don't you have a um, detox program? We do, we do. <laughs> um, yes, so we do have a, a four-week detox program that um, we walk you through um, uh, how to support the organs of elimination. Um, we it does have some supplementation to um, kind of kickstart the movement um, with those organs of el- elimination, uh, specifically. Um, the bowels, uh, specifically the kidneys and the lymph. And then um, we actually go through and look at all the areas in our life that can be creating toxins, right? So we look at the food, we look at our thoughts, right? We look at the products in your home um, that, yeah, could be creating more of a toxic load for you and your family. And so, um, yes, it's our um, four-week holistic detox program, um, which you can find on our website at <laughs> uh, thriveandalignedhealing.com. It's still on there. There's the link in the um, description of what we go through. Um, and uh, if you guys need a little extra support, yeah. Um, it's one of those things, like I said, once you understood um, or once you begin to understand and even experience like a holistic um, detox in all the areas um, that contribute to a higher toxic level, right? Like all the things in our environment that create that fuller bathtub and um, what we can do on a regular basis to open up that drain. Um, yeah, oftentimes we notice a significant difference in our health just because you're carrying a lower toxic load. 
And I think uh, we made a PDF, right? And then we break down every room of the house and identify toxins <clears throat> and then things you can do for each room of the house to make it yes. a more toxic free environment. Exactly. Because it's a process, right? This isn't usually something that you can just like do overnight and like overhaul everything and get a little bit overwhelming. And so, um, yeah, there's an ebook that comes with it that helps you kind of like walk through um, the different spaces. Um, yeah, in your house, the different organ systems, um, the different thought processes to um, help support, yeah, a um, uh, a better health and lifestyle, less toxic all around. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Carmen. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, guys, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for joining us. If this information was helpful, please share with a friend. We appreciate it when you take just a few minutes to leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast at. It helps expose our podcast to more people getting this information into more hands. Currently, we're in open enrollment for our New Beginnings program. Dr. Carmen and I work with individuals to increase their self-confidence by doing mindset work and addressing the neurochemicals and hormones so they can create confidence at a faster rate, therefore achieving our dreams and goals faster. If this is something you're interested in, you'll find our link in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you guys and we'll see you next episode.